0: Unsecured rates are always going to be higher at the end of the day versus a mortgage or car loan. And that's why it doesn't make sense to take out unsecured rates to pay for personal purposes. But it does for business purposes because you know that project that you're working on, you're buying it at $100,000. You need $40,000 cash and you're going to net another $40,000 in profits. Well, you're making you know, two, 300% on that money over six to eight months. And so that's the difference, that return on the loan, that return on the line of credit, where you can arbitrage and make this massive profit by using this unsecured money. And without it, you wouldn't have been able to take down
1: that project because you didn't have that cash lying around. This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today, we have Leo Cannell. Leo is the founder of Seven Figures Funding, where he helps his clients obtain unsecured lines of credit for business purposes. In this episode, you'll learn how to use unsecured lines of credit to do bigger deals without worrying about saving for the down payment. You'll also learn how to obtain business lines of credit that have no personal recourse if you default on the loan. And this goes without saying, but over-leveraging has its risk. So please consult with Leo and his team before trying to implement these strategies yourself. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the show and leave a review. We release episodes every Wednesday and Sunday and release the show notes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. Enjoy. All right, Leo, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know who you are and tell us what you do.
0: You bet. Uh, my name is Leo Cannell. I've been in the business uh, finance industry for over a decade. I actually wrote the book on business funding called The Business Funding Formula. It's available on Amazon. My kids have all read the first chapter, but I don't think they made it past there. But the reviews have been generally good. And I love you know helping entrepreneurs and especially real estate investors with funding. And uh, we've been fortunate, my team and I, to have helped maybe a thousand real estate investors with building their corporate credit and getting financing to, you know, be able to take on multiple projects and so forth. So uh, that's my background. I'm an entrepreneur. I've started a a number of different businesses from uh, e-commerce, real estate and and certainly business uh, finances is where I've really put a lot of time, effort and
1: passion into the last decade. And so you were also a real estate investor yourself as well, right? Absolutely. And so how did you get into the financing side of it?
0: Well, it happened that I'd helped friends and family and other people with uh, funding and financing. And the more that I did that, the more people kept on asking me for help. And so I realized there was a real need out there and there weren't very many people that were able to help, especially with unsecured funding. There's a lot of different uh, private and hard money and conventional mortgages you can get kind of for the secured financing, but to be able to get money without any collateral and loans and lines of credit without having collateral, that's an art form in itself. That you have to understand, you know, what lenders are looking for, and ultimately, what it usually comes down to is someone will go to a bank looking for a hundred thousand dollars, and they're going to tell them no. But if they strategically know the right places, that'll get uh, five banks that'll give them twenty grand each then they can get that money and not have to put any collateral up. And so that's that's kind of the expertise that we developed. And then being able to help people in all 50 states too has been a, a big part of it.
1: Awesome. So are you considered to be a broker or what are you guys kind of labeled as? It's a great question. What we've done is we've created
0: a marketplace. And when I say marketplace, that consists of all the different types of funding sources from small credit unions to private money to venture capital to public banks basically we we get a a client's credit snapshot their income and then we underwrite it based off of our data of helping thousands of people and then we create a custom funding plan with four or five different funding sources do the work get them the money and so it really is a marketplace whereas a broker tends to kind of go to just a lender that's going to pay them a big commission We don't really take big commissions from lenders so that we can transparently tell the client, hey, this is the best money, the cheapest money, and this is where we go for ourselves when we need additional financing. And that was something that was important to me. I want to be able to guarantee each client that we're getting the best funding they qualify for and that exists on the marketplace, not just the lender that's going to pay us the biggest commission.
1: Awesome. So obviously, there's a lot of questions I need to follow up with you on this. So, first question: Since this is not backed by any security, like usually a hard money lender will only give you, let's say, eighty percent LTV, because they know that if you foreclose, hey, they got a property at a discount. Why are banks willing to give somebody something without anything to back it up? With
0: obviously, when you're dealing with unsecured rates, it's a little bit more expensive than secured. So your your mortgage interest rate might be at you know four percent, and an unsecured rate might be at eight to ten percent. So They charge a little bit more, and then they back it up more against two things. Uh, Number one, they're going to look at your personal credit profile, and the second thing they'll look at is any type of verifiable income that you've got personally or with your business. And so they'll feel comfortable as long as you've got a good credit history. It also can help you can get additional options if you have verifiable income.
1: Interesting, because 8 to 10% is kind of what hard money lenders are actually lending at. So you're telling me we can get unsecured lines of credit for the same rate?
0: You can. And a lot of these unsecured lines of credit will actually have a 0% introductory period for the first year and then afterwards be at those unsecured rates.
1: So go ahead and just tell us more about these unsecured lines of credit and how can people get approved for it?
0: Great question. So there's a few different types of unsecured lines of credit. The first one that everybody wants to qualify for And that's most difficult is a business line of credit. So this is going to be based off of your business financials. It'll be based off of your business tax returns, your business bank statements. And if you show enough profits on your business tax return, then you can get business lines of credit for 50, 100, $150,000 in the name of your business. And those are great. So they just take good credit. And it's those business financials. But for most business owners, and especially in real estate, we tend to be pretty good at writing off and using depreciation and a lot of different uh, expenses and things to lower our tax liability. So you, you might show break even on your business tax returns or you might show a loss even. And so if that's the case, then the business traditional line of credit might not be an option that you would qualify for. And then we just go down to the next line of credit, which would be more of a personalized line of credit and this would be based off of your personal credit and any personal income that you've got. Generally, the lenders are looking for about a 680 or better FICO score, and so if you go to Experian.com, you can get your free snapshot there and uh, see where your credit score is at. The next thing that they're gonna look at is your utilization on your credit, right? You could have always paid your bills on time, but if all your credit cards are maxed out and you're trying to get a line of credit, then lenders are going to say, well, you don't look very responsible to me because you've maxed out all of your revolving credit. And so that's why when you do go apply for these types of accounts, you want to actually have paid down your credit card balances to at least half or less of each credit limit. So if you have, like, let's say, a $10,000 credit card, you'd want the balance to be $5,000 or less before you go and apply for new revolving credit lines. And then uh, for the 0% uh, accounts, like it is mostly just based on your personal credit. And so if you have that utilization rate, the uh, balance to limit ratio of your credit cards is below 45, 50%, then you've got a very good shot at
1: getting some approvals. And again, this is the personal line of credit or is that the business line of credit?
0: Both. They both are going to look at your personal credit. The difference is to get the business line of credit you know, they're going to want to see some business financials. There's two types of things here. You've got business lines of credit, and then you've got business credit cards. And so they're both revolving. You can both pay them and, and use them and pay them down again without having to get a new loan because they're basically revolving lines of credit. And so the business traditional line of credit That's one where you have to have business uh, tax returns and financials to back it up. It's going to be a bigger line of credit. It's going to be harder to qualify because they're going to scrutinize your business tax returns. But a business credit card will really just go off of your uh, personal credit, even though it will be in the name of the business and only report to the business. And so for a lot of real estate investors, it's easy to build up history. And you can build up to $40,000, $50,000 dollars. In credit limits with just one lender for a business credit card, if you do it right, and so we'll have real estate investors that you know they they don't have the uh, profitable business tax returns, but they've got good credit, and we'll get them you know four or five business credit cards that start out at zero percent interest for the first twelve to fifteen months. We'll teach them how to pull cash off of those accounts if they need it, and uh, how to maintain that zero percent interest rate. But the cool thing is that it reports to business credit. They don't report to their personal credit. And so they can max these cards out with their projects. And in, you know, it's 2019. Most of your fix and flip stuff can be paid uh, with the business uh, credit cards if that's the best way to do it. And instead of you know just one lender here and there, we'll go out and get five or six all at one time by strategically going to lenders that pull from different credit bureaus. And that are most likely to approve you based on where you live. And so that's a lot of what we do is is help them out with their corporate credit.
1: Got it. So you're kind of helping people get a bunch of credit cards so they can use to pull cash at 0% APR for the first year and then use those funds to do the rehab project.
0: Exactly. If that's the best they qualify for. But if they qualify for the traditional business line of credit, then we'll certainly go that route. Or if they qualify for a traditional personal line of credit, we'll definitely look at that. But a lot of people also will come to us and like, listen, I, I've got this project here. I need $50,000 that will cover some down payment and some rehab. And then I need to have additional revolving credit for you know just some future projects that I haven't done yet, but I know I'm going to. So in that case where they, they know what they need, we might get them a, a five-year $50,000 loan unsecured, no collateral required, and that'll deposit right to the client's bank account, and then afterwards go and get the revolving credit, the business credit cards and personal credit cards or a line of credit if they qualify for, and then that money's available, but they're not paying it back to the lender until they actually use it, but they knew they needed 50 grand right now, so it made sense to get that in a loan so that they had that money available immediately and then could access it. And then this doesn't affect their ability to get the uh, long-term mortgage or the hard money mortgage at 80%, 90%, whatever it ends up being on the loan to value. That's the strategy. If you're a real estate investor, you know you've got the conventional or the hard money that's going to give you 80% of your mortgage, but where are you coming up with the down payment and what about the, the rehab stuff? And the one thing I've learned being in real estate and being around a lot of real estate investors is... You can never have access to too much capital. And so if you've got partners or a spouse that's working on this, I mean, all of you should be working on building up as much revolving credit as possible to be able to grow your, your portfolio. Uh, one of my clients, uh, a guy by the name of Nathan uh, Lambert here locally in Utah, he's done about 100 flips over the past couple of years one of the biggest tools to success for him has been having access to a lot of capital through these lines of credit. And so he built it up with his wife. He built it up with himself. He built it up with different partners and he has almost half a million dollars in lines of credit available that he can tap into. And he does all the time because he's always doing a project here and there. And so, so it certainly opens more doors when you have more access to capital.
1: If you're having all your clients, especially if they're, let's say, newer, open up, let's say, five different credit cards, all with $10,000 credit limits, now they have access to 50000 in cash. But doesn't their credit take a huge hit for opening so many credit cards at once?
0: So there's always an initial dip with the credit when you open any new accounts, whether it's a car loan or a mortgage or credit cards. And the good news is that new accounts and inquiries only account for about 10% of your credit score and profile. The bigger uh, difference is how much of that you use. And if you already know that you need to use all $50,000 for a project that's going to make you forty dollars or $50,000 in net profits, and then once you make that money, then you pay those down again, then your score will shoot back up. And so I think that's the difference between most people. Most consumers look at their credit score as a you know, something that helps them save a few dollars and a lower interest rate. But if you're an entrepreneur and a a real estate investor, you're looking to leverage your credit to make money. And so if you max out all those credit cards, that's going to have a much worse effect on your credit score because that's 30% of your credit score is utilization. But if you're doing a project that's going to make you a ton of money over three or four months and you know then when you get the money back, you'll pay the cards back down to zero and your score will go back up then you're okay with that because you're utilizing your credit to earn and generate income and profits that you would have never been able to do without utilizing your credit that way. And so that's the difference I think between those that are successful and those that aren't is they know how to utilize that credit smartly. But then you do have to have be disciplined. You know, when you get that money back out, you can't spend it all. You, you should pay those balances back down to zero or as close as possible So, that you keep strengthening your credit profile. And if you do that, then six to 12 months from now, you'll have a much stronger credit profile than you did previous. And those $10,000 limits will turn into $20,000 limits because lenders will trust you when they see that you max the account out and then you pay it back down to zero. They're like, oh, this individual understands credit, they are responsible we can give them bigger amounts. And that's what a lot of our investors will do is they'll start out with smaller accounts. And then as they build that relationship up, the lenders will give them more credit. And then sometimes like you'll have an account paid down and they'll just be begging you to use it. Hey, here's a check, 0% interest for 12 months, just go deposit it to your bank account and you hold on to those checks. And when the uh, next project uh, comes and you need that money, then you can deposit it right to your bank account. And now you can do that next project.
1: So that's interesting. If you have a credit card with 0% down for the first year, I mean, after you do one or two projects, your your, your one year is almost up. Again, do you just reapply for a new credit card at that point? Or like you said, banks send you checks for 0% for one year? Both.
0: So once you've paid it down to zero, then they'll just be begging you to use the account again. And so you can use their new checks at 0% interest when you're ready for the next project. And once a year... You can go out and get new lines of credit and new accounts at 0% interest. So yeah, that's usually what we recommend is once a year you go out and get some additional accounts and there's new ones popping up every single month. So it's there's a lot of opportunity to keep rolling it. It's even really good for like just people that have a bunch of debt because at 0% interest, you could roll that over for three years and really pay off all your debts with just your regular monthly payment because everything would go to principal instead of interest.
1: That's actually very interesting and a different way to look at it, because most people are very scared of credit card debt. You don't want to be in that situation where you have a bunch of debt on your credit cards, but I guess in the situation you're using it for business purposes, so it's all legit.
0: Well, and that's it, right? It it can't be used to go on some vacation or to buy clothes or to buy things that don't make you money. That's That never works, right? But if you're using it for your project, that you know is going to yield a return or your business, then that's the debt that makes sense. Uh, Under Armour, that's now uh, second only to Nike, is a multi-billion dollar sports apparel company, uh, was started on $40,000 in credit cards by Kevin Plank, the founder. The same thing, right? The same principle that debt should be used for business purposes to generate income and build a business, but it shouldn't be used for personal purposes to buy things that are never going to make you money.
1: Gotcha. And I saw on your website that you're talking about how to get $250,000 of unsecured lines of credit. What what is that from?
0: Again, it depends on on your credit profile, but we have had uh, we had a couple actually in Southern California that uh, had a private school and uh, both the husband and wife went through funding with us. And uh, together, they got about $450,000 in these uh, 0% credit line, credit card type accounts. And so that's what it is. Like Everybody can get a free pre-approval just by going through our website. And uh, here's what you qualify for. Here's the different options you have. And it doesn't cost you anything to find out what your options are. And so, uh, yeah, one person can qualify up to a quarter million dollars and not have to have a track record of a successful business they could be brand new as a startup whether that's a real estate investor or just starting a business
1: so let's give a case study say someone walks down the street they have relatively decent credit 740 maybe and they have no experience with real estate investing they come to you and they say hey i need some money let's go through a case study and see how much they can get so it will depend on
0: how big their credit card limits are and what mix of credit they have. So let's say if they have a mortgage or two, they have an auto installment loan or two, and then they've got three or four credit cards with limits ranging from 10 to 15,000, then uh, that client might qualify for 75 to $100,000 in 0% revolving credit. And let's say they've got their W-2 job that pays their bills, and they make $80,000 a year with that job. Well, they might qualify for another eighty dollars to $100,000 in a five-year loan that they could then use for their project. Uh, just yesterday, a gentleman by the name of uh, Michael applied, and, and we got him going. And he, w- he was approved for a $100,000 five-year loan. The payment on that was like $2,000 a month. No collateral, five-year loan. And he's getting a hundred grand deposited to his bank account, and then he's going to get another, you know, eighty to a hundred thousand dollars in revolving credit um, as soon as that loan funds. And so he's got a c- couple different projects that he's going to be taking down. I think two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars purchase uh, price projects. So he's going to use the money for the down payment, the rehab, and the fix up of those two properties. And these are his first two properties. So.
1: That sounds very exciting. And I was actually doing the calculations in my head. I was thinking, how can someone just get another $100,000 as a five-year loan? But then it turns out to be about 24% APR, right? I guess that's where the balance is, right? Like, yes, you're getting a secure line of credit, but you are paying a higher interest rate for that money.
0: Typically, I think the rate he's going to be paying on that one is about 12% because it's principal and interest that's in that payment. It's not all interest. Got it. Uh, so it's kind of like a, a car loan where you have an amortized schedule of five years of payments. So so you're right. Like Unsecured rates are always going to be higher at the, at the end of the day versus a mortgage or car loan. And that's why it, it doesn't make sense to take out unsecured rates to pay for personal purposes. But it does for business purposes because you know that project that you're working on, you're buying it. At $100,000, you need $40,000 cash and you're going to net another $40,000 in profits. Well, you're making, you know, two, 300% on that money over six to eight months. And if it costs you 12% or 15% to borrow that money, but you're making 100% on it, well, 100 minus 15 means you're netting 85%, Right. And so that's the difference, that return on the loan, that return on the line of credit, where you can arbitrage and make this massive profit by using this unsecured money. And without it, you wouldn't have been able to take down that project because you didn't have that cash lying around.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's the reason why we use hard money in the first place. Hard money is extremely expensive compared to you know, traditional mortgages. But hey, like if it allows you to make $100,000 per flip, why not? It's worth it. Yep. So are your clients just kind of holding like 20 or 30 credit cards or how does all this management take place?
0: Most of them will start out with uh, five or six uh, accounts and maybe one or two five-year loans and then they'll build that up. And then the next step is we recommend they build their corporate credit because uh, you've got your personal credit, which can take three to five years to really build up, but you can build up a business credit score pretty quickly to where you can qualify for Revolving lines of credit and credit card accounts in the name of the business without even having to use your personal credit. And so that's something that is done through Dun & Bradstreet, which gives you a Paydex score. Uh, Business Experience gives you an IntelliScore. And so let's say you have your main holding company, LLC or S Corporation that you use where all of your money comes in and flows in from your real estate uh, profits. And so what you want to do is you want to start building up the corporate credit score of that business entity so that that entity can qualify for more funding and financing in the future. And if you do it right within six to 12 months, you can really build a strong business credit score, whereas your personal credit can take a, a long time to build up. And then you can start getting to the point where you qualify for like a $25,000 you know, Home Depot or Lowe's or other suppliers that uh, offer paint and flooring and countertops and cabinets. And then you you can uh, be taking down these projects where you can get a lot of the stuff you need to fix and and, uh, move that property and you're using your business credit to do it and you're not uh, tying up your personal credit to do it.
1: Right. I think for most suppliers, what they do is they purchase the property, but they don't have to pay the actual, uh, warehouse or whatever for like three months or something. Is it called like COD or something like that?
0: Yeah. They, they got uh, that, or they've got what they call like a 90 day net or a 60 day net where you've got two to three months to, until you,
1: you have to pay it. Is that how your one client is able to have $500,000 in revolving credit? The one you mentioned earlier
0: With with some of them. No, no, he's, He's literally built up to where he has uh, six lenders that have given him $50,000 each, and he did the same with his wife. So they've got six lenders that have each given them $50,000 each, half of it in the business, and then half of it personally.
1: I'm kind of confused about the difference between just pulling cash out with a credit card versus going to a bank and getting an unsecured line of credit.
0: So the unsecured line of credit at your local bank is going to really be based off of that relationship that you build up with that bank, right? So if you're running all your real estate profits and your paycheck or your business income all through a bank account, then it's easier for that bank to offer you that $50,000 unsecured line of credit that's a traditional line of credit that you have check writing privileges with that you can transfer to your checking account because they see how much money you're running or how much money you even hold in your bank accounts. So they're much more willing to offer that. But for other lenders, you're gonna be looking at credit card options to get up to 40, 50,000. And the cash accessibility is not that different since they offer checks, they offer those 0% introductory or periods where you pay the credit card to zero and they want you to use it. So they give you some checks to try and entice you to use it and they almost always utilize that 0% rate. So at the end of the day, there's not a lot of difference, but the biggest difference is it's always, you have to jump through some hoops to access cash with a credit card versus the traditional line of credit. Uh, But it's very difficult to get that unsecured line of credit outside of where you actually bank, and so that's where the credit cards really come into play. It's easier to get a a decent uh, credit card and build that up with multiple lenders without having to bank at each institution and run all your information through.
1: Mm, Gotcha. So you mentioned corporate credit quite a few times, and I'm sure that most of my listeners have never heard of corporate credit before. Do you want to talk more about corporate credit and how do you actually build that up? And maybe with some case studies of how quickly can that number actually increase?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So corporate credit can be built up, like I said, within six to 12 months. And let's, let's look at it from a FICO score. Usually, You know, if you have a 720 or better FICO score with Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion with your personal credit, you've got pretty good personal credit. Well, with business credit, Dun Bradstreet is kind of the biggest uh, player, and they give you a Paydex score, which is a score from 0 to 100, and that equivalent of a 720 FICO score is about an 80 Paydex score. And you can actually get an 80 Paydex score pretty quickly within about three to four months. And the way you do it is you have to go to the right vendors to start building that up. So there's some vendors. The problem with a lot of corporate credit is you can go down the street to XYZ Carpet Supplier and get a line of credit for carpet, but he might not actually report that to the business credit bureaus. So you have to know the right vendors who will actually report your payment history so that you build up business credit. With personal credit, you get a car loan or credit card, it always is automatically going to report. But with business, you have to actually make sure your profile's set up correctly and that you go to the right creditors and vendors who will report to the business credit bureaus that payment history. And so if you do that the right way, then that's where you can get that 80 Paydex score quickly. And then the next thing, is like a, a new college student who just barely got their first credit card and car loan. They might have a 740 credit score, but they don't have a lot of history and they have small accounts. So then the next step is to build up more history and larger credit limits. There's about four different uh, steps that we've created. We actually put it in. Uh, we implement it two ways. We build out an entrepreneur education platform that teaches you how to build your corporate credit teaches you how to save 15% on your taxes uh, by utilizing the right corporate credit uh, tax structure. We also have a corporate credit coach that kind of walks the clients through the process to make sure they actually get that strong credit profile built up and that they implement everything that we're teaching them.
1: And they can find it on your guys' website?
0: They can indeed, yep. Just uh, go to sevenfigures.com, the digit seven, and then figures, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com.
1: To, make it, to have a brief summary about that, do you have to call a Dunham Bradstreet first and have them say, hey, I'm going to start creating my business credit today, start working at myself now, or how does it even start?
0: Uh, They want you to do that because they're they're very much a for-profit business and you'll call them and something that we can do for free and easily for our clients, like get your DUNS number, which is kind of like your social security number for corporate credit, and they'll just offer you these different things for thousands and thousands of dollars. So there's two ways to do it. You can spend thousands with them or you can work with a corporate credit uh, team like ours who actually help build it up. And then as important as Dun & Bradstreet is they're actually just one of the three major uh, business credit bureaus because business Experian and Equifax business are the other two. And so you want to be building all three of them up, but it's unique where you actually have to build the Dun & Bradstreet profile first, then Experian, and then Equifax third.
1: Like imagine someone has been flipping for 10 years now, I guess if they haven't set it up already, then none of the history counts, right?
0: You know, we've seen uh, businesses that are twenty years old that don't have any corporate credit yet.
1: Okay, so step one, you actually have to create a profile. So contact you guys, start the profile. Step two is to have a list of vendors who actually will report your credit.
0: Yep, yep. There's a uh, here's here's a few names. There's Quill, Q U I L L dot com. Um, you've got Granger. These are the first kind of the starter corporate credit vendors that you work with. Build that payment history up, and then you start to graduate to bigger and bigger accounts in the second, third, and fourth round of steps.
1: So ultimately, are you building business credit so that you can work with these vendors and get better terms, or are you going to be able to go back to a large institution like Wells Fargo or Chase to then just pull out unsecured lines of credit?
0: Both. Both. You're going to do both because when you have good corporate credit— And let's say you go to Wells Fargo to apply for a business line of credit or a business credit card. Well, they'll look at your personal credit first. Okay, your personal credit's good. And then the second half, they'll look at your business credit. And if they don't see any business credit established, then you're gonna get a $10,000 account. Whereas if you had the business credit established, they would have offered 20 to $25,000 and would have offered it at better terms because they feel like your business is more than just your, your personal. It's already built up payment history. And the interesting thing is like, you can build up very quickly by just following the right steps and look like a really big business on the business uh, credit profile because you established that strong business credit score. And then like I said, they'll see other businesses that might be older in age, but they have zero business credit established. And so that business doesn't get to take advantage of the larger credit. And then not to mention, yeah, you're getting bigger lines of credit and bigger limits and better terms at the major banks, but you're also getting offers from suppliers that don't make you personally guarantee them, right? It's all based off of your business's credit instead of using your personal credit to guarantee things.
1: So at a certain point, does your personal credit still matter or does it always matter?
0: Personal credit always matters, but the point is you can actually get some business credit that if you defaulted or something went bad with your business, you don't have any recourse to your personal credit. So you're not personally guaranteeing it. You're really just putting the liability. And that's, that's what everyone always loves the idea of. They love the idea of, all right, I'm building my business, I'm building my business, and if something goes wrong, I'm not risking my personal assets and my personal credit with it because I'm getting these approved lines of credit just based completely in the name of the business. So it's that, but at the end of the day, I mean, we we wanna focus on building success. We're not focused on building something and worrying about, uh, well, if it doesn't work out, I'm not going down personally, I mean, that's a nice benefit. But really, I like to focus on the positives of you're gonna get a lot better credit, you're gonna get better terms and higher limits and be able to do more projects by building up that corporate credit. And then the other thing is corporate credit is a public record thing. You know, your your credit score, someone has to have your authorization to check it. Well, no one needs your authorization to check your business credit. And so that's why if you're trying to do some big project and you need an approval from the city before they give you the go ahead, well, they can check your corporate credit score in a heartbeat and they don't need your permission And that might be the deciding factor in whether they approve the project that you're working on. And so I I know that uh, in a lot of cases, that's been an important factor, especially in projects with the government and especially projects, you know, with uh, bigger businesses and the cities that uh, will green light those projects. They'll look at your corporate credit.
1: Makes sense. Now, if we talk about just being able to pull out extra cash If you had three or four months to build up your corporate credit and you got to that 80 paydex score, how much are we able to pull out from, let's say, Wells Fargo or Chase?
0: So it would depend on the age of your business, and then it would also depend on how strong your personal credit is. Because although they'll be approving you based off of your business credit, they're still going to look at your personal credit at the same time all of these bigger banks will, like Wells Fargo and Chase and Bank of America. So that's why it's important to really build both of them. And in order to do that, you want to get larger credit limits personally, and you want to get larger business credit accounts that are reporting to the business credit. In the NFL and the National Football League, they always say everybody's a copycat team. If uh, one formation is working with one team, they'll all copy it and utilize that same formation that's working. And the big banks are no different. If Wells Fargo sees that Chase business just gave you a $25,000 credit card or business line of credit, then they're very likely to want to compete and copy that. And so it's it's really about building up your own personal credit card limits and your business revolving credit limits in the name of the business. And the more you can build at least one of those higher, then the higher likelihood that more of them will copy that and approve you for similar limits. So it's it's all about building both limits up on both sides, personal and business, and then that will lead to you getting bigger approvals from each.
1: So what are the typical fees and timelines required to set up this whole unsecured credit line structure?
0: Oh, great, great question. So the, the way it works is uh, clients can just uh, go to sevenfigures.com and get that free pre-approval. And the way it works is if you're going for smaller amounts of credit, let's say you're only getting 20 to 30,000, then we have a 9% funding success payment. But let's say you're going for 100 to 200,000, then it's probably only going to be 3 to 5% of a funding success payment that you would pay after we actually got the money for you. So it just depends on how much that you qualify for.
1: So like they are not going to be out there filling out 100 applications for these different credit card lines. They would kind of go to you guys. They fill an application one time, and then you guys go out there and fill everything out for them, get approved for them, and say, hey, look, we actually got you approved for $50,000, and then you charge your fee after that's approved.
0: Absolutely, yep. So nothing up front, and it's all based on performance. And before we even begin, we'll we'll give you a free pre-approval. Okay, it looks like, Sean, you're approved for fifty dollars to $70,000 in 0% revolving credit. And because you got your uh, W-2 job that pays $70,000 a year, uh, we've got you approved for another $50,000 in a five-year loan. And you can do whatever you want. You're in the driver's seat. If you want to not take the loan and just do the revolving credit, you can do that. If you want to do both, you can do that. Um, really, whatever you want. And And oftentimes, we'll see clients that come to us and they have taken on some personal credit card debt. Uh, for some projects and some different things, and they haven't been able to pay them down. And so that's where we'll be able to not only get them the money for their project, but then get them enough money to pay down some of their personal credit cards, boost their score 40 or 50 points, and then move all those balances to new 0% accounts that might save them five to $10,000 a year in interest, plus have enough money for that next real estate flip that they're doing.
1: Sounds very exciting. And so what's the timeline that it takes to get the application done, and then get approved for all these different lines of credit? It's usually about two weeks. Oh, that's a very fast turnaround. So what are some tips that you would recommend for new investors who are just listening to this and finding out about this for the first time?
0: Get down to the details and the worst case scenario, right? you Let's say you're looking at a project that you can buy for X amount of dollars, and it's going to need this amount of rehab, and the market value is this price, will be even more conservative, but then get down to the money, right? Okay, how much do I need in the down payment? How much do I need in the rehab? And then how many months of payments do I need to have until you know I get this property flipped? So that's what you want to get down to. Just do one project at a time, do it right, get down into the details, and then get twice as much money that you actually need, right? Let's say you need... to make this project work. We'll try and get 50 to 60. That way you have lots of available capital just in case so that you can get that first project under your belt. Because once you have one or two and you start to get some experience and some confidence and an understanding of the market that you're working and hopefully you focus, you know, very much on just a, a, a couple zip codes, you know, neighborhoods that you really understand and know and and have a feel for it going to allow you to be a lot more successful but definitely get access to as much uh, credit as possible and if you're doing it uh, with a partner or a spouse uh, it's super helpful for both of you to go through funding so that you both have funds available and then just be very careful with those first couple projects don't go big too you know start at smaller amounts the the cheaper property My mentors used to always say, you know, get the worst property in the best neighborhood and that's going to have your best opportunity to make money.
1: That's some solid advice because I think one of the biggest, I guess, risks is if you over leverage and then things don't work out, now you're super screwed. Exactly right. And by the way, these unsecured lines of credit, if you really wanted to, they don't have to go into your business, right? You could just spend all, all on parties or something like that, right?
0: You're in the driver's seat. It's your money. You can do whatever you want with it.
1: Interesting. Now, when you get a loan from, like, say a hard money lender, and they saw that within the past month or two, you just opened up a bunch of lines of credit, don't they look at you kind of strangely? Or how how have your clients been able to navigate through those waters?
0: No, the the difference is secured lenders, they don't really care. The only thing they care about is that your property is good and that your debt to income ratio works, or if it's hard money and they aren't even looking at your debt to income ratio, that there's enough equity in the property. That's the great thing about hard money. Hard money only cares. Do you have my down payment? (laughs) Okay, good. We're we're good to go. If it's a conventional mortgage, they don't care about new accounts. They don't care about new credit inquiries. They just care about your debt to income ratio. But a lot of people don't use conventional mortgages anyway with a lot of flips these days. So that's not even an issue.
1: That's right. Usually only people who purchase homes for their, their actual residences use traditional financing. Exactly.
0: So if you are buying your primary residence, do that first, and then do funding after.
1: Right, because then once you do these kind of uh, quirky techniques, like using hard money or getting different lines of credit, traditional lenders don't really like that. I've dealt with that the hard way, but because like you know, I try to refinance my personal residence or try to get a HELOC out, when they see that you have hard money loans or inquiries on your on your record, they they look kind of strangely at you and they won't give you the loans. But again, these are for business purposes. So for everyone listening out there, please use these very responsibly, especially if you over leverage like this. And again, make sure you have very good margins before trying to do this in this fashion. Please.
0: One project at a time.
1: One project at a time, especially if you're just starting out. Yeah. Well, Leo, thank you so much for your time. How can people get a, how can people get in contact with you?
0: You know, I've got a very active LinkedIn profile under my name, Leo Cannell, L E O K A N E L L. So uh, LinkedIn is is very active for me. And then, of course, uh, at SevenFigures.com, you can always uh, shoot us an email there or reach out to us uh, via phone there. And and uh, if you Google my name, there's there's lots of different places. I mean, I'm Twitter, Instagram,
1: Facebook as well. So. Awesome, Leo. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. All right. You guys, have a good one. Take care. Here are some of the key takeaways from this episode Your personal credit score is incredibly important. It gives you access to funds that enable you to do bigger deals. You'll need about a 680 credit score to start, so be sure to pay your credit card bills on time and keep your utilization ratio low. These unsecured lines of credit have higher rates, so be sure that you're using these lines of credit for business purposes that can make you a profit and not to pay for parties or for a new car. Use them properly, and you'll be able to scare your business to the next level. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find the show notes and other episodes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. And if you live in the Bay Area, join our meetup group, where we meet up in San Jose at meetup.com slash everythingrei. Thanks, and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pam. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It'll take less than a second, and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at seanpanrealty at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N-P-A-N-R-E-A-L-T-Y at gmail.com. Thanks and have a great day.